This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergas. Hey, thanks for joining us on the podcast uh, once again today. Joining us on the telephone as he's on the road on this uh, Friday. Jeff and I talking in the morning, of course, as he heads uh, for St. Cloud today, lefty and and uh, tell us what you're up to. Todd, we got more baseball. We talked last week. I think we were on the way as well, and Brooksy was pitching last week, and he got the win um, against North Dakota State School of Science, something like that. Okay. So they won actually a very close game, 2-1. to one. So um, we won that. Then we had to beat Ridgewater, and we beat them. So we played yesterday. again. So four teams advanced then from that region. Um, it was us, Rochester, Alexandria, and Century College out of the cities. We played the first game, and then we beat um, Rochester. We were actually ahead six to three going into the ninth, and ended up winning six to five or six to two. Uh, it was it got hairy. <laughs> so, um, but we won, and then uh, Alexandria actually beat Century in the second game. So we play Alexandria at eleven o'clock. And we split with them with very two close, close games in Alexandria and one of those 50-mile-an-hour wind days. So oh. there's there's a lot of crossovers uh, as far as it'll be an intense game. The St. Cloud's ex-coach is Jason Fisher. He has now started a program at Alec. So you got that. You know, the coaches coach together, but you certainly wouldn't want the, the coach that started up a program this year to knock you off from the old program and there's right. lots of guys that were recruited by the one coach that, you know, so there, it'll be pretty chirpy. I would say today, it should be fun, but it's dang chilly. Yes, it is a little nippy today. Uh, predicted high in the upper fifties, I think. So, and, and that nice North wind that we can be, have become so accustomed to as well. Well, that's terrific. You know, you guys beat NDSCS. They're a division one school, aren't they? In Juco, yeah. they offer scholarships. So that's a nice win. Yeah, that was a nice win. Uh, actually, Brooksy gave up a run. The first hitter stuck his bat out and slapped it right down the third baseline and uh, ended up uh, scoring on an error. But that was the only run he gave up. He kind of settled down and went through six innings. So that was a good win. We hadn't seen them at all. Um, so you never know when you're facing a team that you haven't played before either. And everybody's so close at this level, it seems like. So it's... It's really a crapshoot, and it comes down to a play. Or yesterday, the ball was kind of flying around. It was kind of hanging up, but there was a number of home runs and a number of diving catches. And um, you can just—I told Brooksy we had some pizza afterwards, and I said, "B, you can just feel the intensity is—it's different. It's playoffs, um, you know. And for these guys, they now they're two games away from the chance to go to play in the World College or the Junior College World Series in Tennessee. So." pretty exciting for these boys i guess so that's great two two more wins and they're in can they lose any more games though or is yeah. it are they out yeah okay. it is double elimination so the schedule today would be if we win then we're the winner of the four and everybody else is trying to get would have to beat us twice tomorrow if we would lose our first game then then we would play there'd be a game after ours yet from the losers game and then we would play the winner of the losers yet to try to get to that game to have to beat which would then be Alexandria twice. So we can't we can't afford, for lack of a better word, to lose a game. But obviously, you know as well as I do, it's nice if you can stay on that uh, winner's bracket. Just 
you know, nobody ever has enough pitching. I would say that's probably our strong point as far as our pitching depth. So it would be nice, and I would I would guess Brooks is in line here at some point. He's not pitching this game, but, you know, if we have one more game, he could actually pitch in that championship game. If we would lose, he could pitch this afternoon. If we would lose and win, obviously we're going to need pitchers. So he's got a good chance to get some action at some point, um, which would definitely heighten my anxiety. But um, also it's fun. You know, that's why you sign up for this stuff and you put yourself in these positions to, I don't know, you hope to succeed, but you also put yourself in that spot to potentially fail. But that's, that's what sports is about, man. That's right. That's what makes it exciting. That's why you get the butterflies in your stomach. You're out yeah. there laying it on the line, right? And, hey, let's see who's better, yeah. you guys or us today. And, and uh, it's everybody pulling, uh, hopefully, in the same direction and trying to accomplish a, a, a community goal for uh, the guys that are on your team. There's, there's nothing like being part of a team. Oh, and I, my, I know I mentioned it last week. I had two nephews, so one of my best friends, Canapper uh, from over in Granite, um, who him and I played baseball together for many years, town team. And so when I was talking to him too, his son pitched, his son pitched the game before ours. And I wasn't able, cause I was a little bit busy at work. So I got a late start and I was just getting updates. But then when we got there, we played at Faber and they have nice seats, nice uh, bucket seats right behind home plate. So I started sitting there and it's, Faber, you can get a burger off the grill. You can get a beer there during the game. You know, so it's a perfect setting. It's where our boys played for McCray last year, so lots of good memories. But I sat down there for about the first inning, and I was not happy with a couple of the strike or lack of calls. And I was like, <laughs> I, I got to get out of here. I got to go down the line. He goes, Yeah. He goes, It is so different when your kid is out there pitching. It's just, you know. Most of the games, all he's doing is playing bat boy and ball boy, and he's running around and chirping. And you know, he does—he's a pitcher. He doesn't have to. You only have to worry about the day he pitches. So, yeah. but yeah, as soon as he grabs that ball, the whole world changes, and you're just like, "Holy balls, man! Please, can you get this done? Yeah. Throw a strike. Right. It's all on your shoulders. You know that. You pitch too. <laughs> yep, I mean, yep. you can say what you want, but it all starts there. That is one sport where you're like, "Bud, we can't make any plays if you don't throw any strikes." That's right. You know. So, yep. So, so anyway. But it, fortunately for me, I pitched, so you know you know what it feels like. But when you don't have that control, Todd, and yep. you kind of want to, you know, I've said it before, I just want to take a visit once in a while. <laughs> like, <laughs> can I go take a visit to the mound here? We need to have a talk right now. But, <laughs> so it's a different animal, but I I love it. I I love the first thing when I woke up this morning was texting my kid and wishing him good luck for a game he has. There's nothing better than that. I'm just looking at the SCT or SCCTC stats here, and uh, yep. on the pitching stats, it shows uh, uh, Brooks with a 2.28 ERA and a 4 and 0 record. So he has had a good yeah. season. Yeah, he lowered that last week, um, so that that was nice. Uh, he a little bit. If you want to not just talk about how great my kid is all the time, if you <laughs> scroll over, if you cr- scroll over to the walks line, that would be one that needs to go down. Yeah. On base, so that's that's one that we continually work on. He knows better because, of course, when he's not pitching, everything makes total sense about him critiquing the other guys. You know, so I I always think that's interesting when I sit there, and I'm like, hmm, interesting. So that's what you think about him, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's always easy to solve everybody else's problems, Todd. It's yeah, really that's hard. right. It's hard in our own lives, but, geez, we can help everybody with everything else. So <laughs> I just think it's interesting as your kids are growing through, and I see him get 
all jacked up and fired up. And I mean, yesterday, the, their pitcher from Rochester, he was engaging with our dugout. And you know how that goes. Yep. These guys are all over that. It's like, yep. and that's the same thing. My son has done that more than once where he's the pitcher out there engaging with the other dugout. And I'm like, would you shut up? Like, what are you doing? Like, why would you do this? You know? And I'm like, well, wait, he's got a little bit of me in him. So yeah, that's yeah. part of it. Some of that. But, but yeah, but then, you know, he's sitting there like, did you see that guy? I'm like, yeah, I saw him. You know what you're writing me of? <laughs> but, but, but of course he was crazy to do that when, when Brooks was just sitting in the dugout watching him and our guys. But yeah. Yeah. I was right above our dugout and I told you that I just, I love the chirping. I love all the energy. I love the noise. I love just everything about it. And then, the, the second game I sat there and watched and just seeing the people come from the Metro, you know, it's kind of a bunch of hot rods that it seems like that are coming there. They all got their Lululemon and whatever else. They're not really dressed like baseball players like us rednecks with our cut-off <laughs> hoodies and whatever else, on, you know. So you want to beat those guys. But um, I just – I love the sounds of the baseball park. They're, it's my favorite place to be. It really is. And I just – I enjoy everything about it, the chatter, the – the guys getting dirty, the diving catches, the guys screwing up, the guys making great plays, the big hits, the big moments, you know, just the way the ball pops the mitt. I just, I love all of it. I think they're the same. And, yeah, the St. Cloud team has a real compelling figure in the middle of the lineup in Sam Holthouse. My gosh, six home runs and 40 RBIs uh, this year. He is just a monster at the plate. Yeah, he had a bomb in the first inning yesterday, and it was a no-doubter. So that is a great way. Uh, again, I've given Lessman uh, from New London Spicer a lot of props on this show too the last couple of weeks. He pitched Jim yesterday, but he's the kind of guy that if you give him two or three runs, you feel really comfortable out there because he just doesn't give many up. So that was nice to get started. And you know as well, back to us talking about pitching, there's nothing better for a pitcher than getting some runs on the board. It yeah. takes off a lot of the pressure and gives you a little wiggle room. So I'm hoping that happens today. We're going to face a really good lefty from Alec, though, and he's okay. tough. So um, that we got to we got to get we have a little trouble putting runs on the board. So that's one thing that I want to see today is I'd really like to see some runs early, and hopefully we can get into a groove. And you know, just it's one of those win in advance times of the year. You win ugly, whatever you got to do, but it'd sure be nice to have a comfortable win too. But yeah, yeah probably not Well, good luck. Yep. Two more wins, and then on to the uh, junior college World Series out in Tennessee. That would really be exciting. Yeah. Yep, you bet, Todd. Uh, so the PGA Championship is underway. Golf second major. Bryson DeChambeau yeah. is atop the leaderboard. I didn't expect that. You know, I'm kind uh, of a no. Bryson guy, but he's been playing so yeah. poorly because he broke the hammock bone in his left hand, uh, you know, toward the end of last year, and he's kind of been coming back, and he hadn't been playing very well. So uh, Sean asked me uh, on Wednesday, well, are you going to take your guy Bryson? I said, no, he's not playing very well. Well, here he is on top of the leaderboard. It's only one round, I understand, but but he's dropped a lot of weight. He, he is no longer, uh, you know, uh, gigantic uh, uh, beluga yep. whale-looking type of a figure and and played pretty well. But the good story of the tournament so far is this guy Michael Block. He's one of he's just a PGA Club pro. Uh, Twenty of them get to play in this event each year. He's one of them, yep. and he's at three under par right now. It's fun to see those PGA guys get a chance to play. Oh, totally. That's what's kind of cool about this one too. I was at baseball, so I was kind of looking through my phone and I lost track a little bit. Like I said. I do picks, so I pull up my my favorites on the PGA app, and I'm like, I have nobody under par. I didn't have a single guy, and the thing is, this week, it's just two of us doing it, 
So we literally picked 24 guys. So every single <laughs> one of the guys we picked is a, a stud, you know. So yeah. to pull up mine and my first about eight guys that went off were over par. And I'm like, Ramos one under par when I left home. He's six over now. What the heck happened? Yeah. So that course is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yep. Oh, it's tough. That rough is tough. Everything is tough. Um, I did pick DJ, so that's like my only shining light right now. But yeah. I went away. If you remember in the Masters, I was kind of down on the live guys, and that didn't work out very, very well for me. So <laughs> right. I mixed a little more live into my lineup <laughs> this week. And I don't know if it's going to pay off or not, but DJ's been playing great. But Bryson had been playing like a dog. So, he has. Uh, yeah. That not Nothing I would have saw. No. Is no. That even par, too. He's playing well. Yep. Um, so there's... It's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy. I'm very interested to see what happens today and where that cut line is gonna be. Yeah, uh, Scheffler is among the leaders too. He's at minus three. He's one of the two yep. co-favorites along with Rom. So that's who I picked to win. Going way out in a limb. I think I'll pick the betting favorite uh, as the guy. Right. I think I'll win. So, yeah. uh, but Sean asked me what about Bryson. He's your guy, and I didn't take him because he hasn't been playing pretty well. He still is a big guy. He still hits bombs. Uh, off the tee, just not quite like he was when he was 240-pound Bryson. Now he's 215-pound Bryson. He looks more like a normal human, but still really broad shoulders. I mean, he's a big guy. Uh, Anyway, Justin Rose is up there. He's an interesting guy to watch. Uh, you know, he, he turned pro at the age of 17 uh, as a Brit and started playing on the on the European Tour and the PGA Tour uh, right away at 17 years old. So, you know, he's always he's always fun to watch, too. So who who did you take as your champ then this week? Well, my first pick was Rom in my thing, but I didn't have the first pick. So um, Scotty went first. He went second. I actually was kind of big on DJ this week. I know it looks like that now. I did pick him, but yep. he had been playing so well, and the stuff that I had read was about how how he was in form. And so, I mean, I kind of like DJ. I pick Rory a lot, but I've just been a little bit south on on Rory or soft on Rory. I feel like he's had a lot of noise going on in his head with all this live stuff, and he kind of admitted that this week. So, yeah. so yeah, I'd probably have to say that a DJ would have been my pick to be to be honest. So I really went way live, I guess. Yeah. Well, Rory has uh, really softened his stance about the Live Tour as well because he sees all the new money that's come into the PGA uh, Tour events after the Live Tour had started up. Yeah. He also sees the PGA Tour uh, kind of copying some of the things uh, that Live Tour was done. There's team aspect coming to the PGA Tour, not just yet, but it's coming. That's directly from Live Golf. So he sees all that. He's not a fool, so he's he's been kind of softening his stance about Live here lately because it's putting a lot more money in the PGA Tour players' pockets. Yeah, I think he'd rather just not talk about it yeah. now. It's kind of what yeah. it seems like he's saying. He's Because I know in his press conference he just kind of said, nope. Yeah, you know, I don't yeah. want to talk about it. Yeah, not, he, not, he, not the angst. You know, like you said, he had, but he's more yeah. like, I got. It. And I think for him, it wore him out, and I think it did yeah. affect him because he became kind of the spokesperson of the, for the PGA, and that that was a big deal. I mean, we see stuff, but can you even just imagine all of the the group text going around just amongst the players, and you know, everybody confiding in Rory, what are we going to do here? What, how are we going to handle this? And uh, you know, and things like that. I I think I personally, you know, back to my whole non-live thing that I was for the Masters, I learned some myself from the Masters that I don't – I'm sure that guys have some things, but it's just like anything in life. You know, you you got people in your network, too, that do certain things that maybe you don't agree with, but 
it doesn't just X you out of their network. And I thought the way they all handled it at the Masters was really good. It was good for golf. It was enjoyable for me as a fan, and it and it kind of softened my stance on the I'm against live kind of a thing too. I'm not really a fan of the live, but kind of like Rory, I'm like whatever. You know, I I just missed I missed watching those guys like Brooks Kepka and DJ and. You know, a lot, and even Phil. I mean, I was a huge Phil guy. Phil got to be such a dong, yeah. for lack of a better word there, yeah. that it just turned me off on how he handled it. But I love watching Phil play golf. You know, as a lefty, there's so much of his game that I love, to, to, that I envy. That, And I, he, was such an inter, he was such a great figure for golf before all of this live stuff. I mean, his yeah. social media feed, his just, I mean, everybody cheered for him. I know he wasn't a favorite amongst the players, but I think that was kind of changing too. And then it just kind of bummed me out that that was how it went. But, geez, when, if I get to sit there and watch Phil play golf, I do enjoy that part. So so for me, I'm trying to be a big boy too. I'm not always right. I can change. And I enjoy having all those guys in the mix. I mean, that leaderboard is pretty impressive. And, um, you know, from being a golfer myself that can struggle immensely, it's just very impressive watching these guys play golf on a course like that. Just crazy. Yeah. It's 156 players. That's the largest field uh, in golf every year. Uh, and uh, there's only 17 guys that broke par yesterday. So certainly yeah. the course is playing a lot tougher uh, than, than uh, a regular PGA Tour stop would play. What are they thinking for the cut line, Todd, right now? Well, it's at plus three, but that's after only one round. So, what? I mean, you could say double it. So say, I think you could say well, plus yeah. six would be. And who knows what's going to happen today, I'm- I don't know if they're going to – the thing is you can't make that rough be any easier. It is what it is. I mean, it isn't like all of a sudden they're cutting the rough in half. I realize they – for these guys, you know, the pin placements and stuff are huge. Um, But it was interesting listening to those guys talk about the course and, you know, how they view it. And I heard Rory say, you know, well, there's a lot of room up in front of the greens that we can run shots up and be creative that way. And, I I mean, I think it's really worth – you've got to keep it in the fairway, but – Obviously, the greens, nothing was easy about the course. When you look at those courses, it's like John Rahm to have that back nine that he had. You're yeah. like, how could that happen on any course for him? Right. That's amazing to me. Yeah. And he wasn't alone. Spieth, a lot of those guys had bad rounds. Yep. You see Sunday M? M's round was horrible. Yeah, that I know. A perfect ball striker, you know? Yep, yep. Yeah, that's right. Obviously a tough course. Team, by the way, these are all guys I picked on my team. That's why I know them. <laughs> that's why you know those guys are playing in particularly poorly. Hey, Lefty, thanks so much. Good luck to your son and his ball club this yeah. weekend. All right, let's go Cyclones. All right, Jeff Ash joining us here on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.